Yes. Good people, this is Lou from the BX, host of the Everything Podcast, and you are now tuned in to the Delvin Cox Experience, hosted by the man himself, Delvin Cox. Miami podcasting at its finest. Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our cultural diversity. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on the podcast is a special guest, somebody if you listen to Dig on America, she has been a ray of sunshine to that show, a much-needed ray of sunshine, may I say. You're so kind. Introducing to the experience, Attorney Anna, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, and this is one of the few times if you are fans of the video version of this podcast. You should definitely watch it because it's a big fluffy dog here that everybody's going to love. This is Nemo, like the fish. <laughs> Adorable. Thank you. But as always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Anna, are you ready? Okay. Yes. Question number one. Who is your favorite television lawyer? Oh, now that's actually kind of difficult. Um, There's a few. I know. I w- If I had to just say on balance, my favorite has to be Claire Huxtable. But if I may give out honorary mentions. Of course you can. I would love to nominate Jessica Pearsons from Suits. I would okay. love to nominate attorney at law, Maxine Joe. I would love to she, nominate. She I love her. She is. I would love to nominate um, Annalise Keating. I would also want to nominate, let me think of who else. Um, I believe Matthew McConaughey playing Atticus Finch in A Time to Kill. That's a great to, movie. To, um, is it A Time to Kill or Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird? I think it's A Time to Kill. I, okay. I want to say it's A Time to Kill. You know what I'm talking about. You know what yes. I'm talking about. All right, he was he was excellent in that uh, movie. I think he plays a fascinating lawyer, and I'm re- I'm actually just recently got into the Lincoln Lawyer. Um, He's not my favorite, but I I read all the books, so I like it by default. Okay, I like that. I like that. Honorary mentions, uh, but Claire Huxtable, like that's I always wanted to be like her. That explains a lot. I like that answer. Question number two: Is it soda? Or pop, pop. That's terrible. I'm, I'm from Detroit. No, 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 no. I, we had, no, no, no. We I, I had this discussion. No, no, no. I had we had this discussion last week. You do you know what Fago is? Yes, I do. What do you think about Fago? That's okay. We have it down here. 
right. In which Miami, are, which, which are is weird. Anytime you go to like corner stores in Miami, they have Fago. Yeah. They also have Ritz soda and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of well known here. I've never heard of Ritz, actually. That might just be a Southern thing, probably. Interesting. It's very right. similar to Fago. Okay. I was told last week it was a hood drink. And then I was like, wow. I don't know if, it, would you just, the this, insane clown posse, I wouldn't necessarily call them a hood. <laughs> wait, they not from the insane clown posse? They, they drink Fago. That's their thing. It's a Detroit brand. Yeah, but they drink Fago. They're, they're known for you like You can't hey. just put us on insane, insane clown posse. They, you can't just match that up. They're, they're from that was Detroit. not a good match. They, they're from Detroit, and they drink Fago. It's all type of people from Detroit. You ain't named Aretha Franklin. You could have named Rosa but, Parks. You could have named yeah, Eminem. You named insane clown posse. But they're the ones who sing about it. In, I think they even have a song called like Fago or something Big like that. Sean be talking about... You know what? What's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> What's the Let's move on. <laughs> the, 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 the five juggalos that listen to my podcast are going to be upset oh, with you. My, and the juggalos, no, I like y'all. I even know who y'all are. You they know are. what I mean? <laughs> I like y'all. I'm just saying, y'all know y'all didn't invent it. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Juggalos, y'all can't have Fago. There you go. Y'all can't. No, no, no. Y'all can have it. Like, we all can have it. It's communal. But that's why it's pop. You know what I mean? The soda pop. thing is like. Y'all can call Fago pop. I don't have that. Everything it else is, is soda. Pop. No, it's just everything else is soda. <laughs> no more people call it soda. Y'all probably say cold drink down there too, don't y'all? Yep. <sighs> See, look at your face. Yeah, y'all do. <laughs> y'all do. You do. I probably. know you do. Y'all say cold drink. Uh-uh. You want to go home? Okay. <laughs> See? She got that mom look just did to that dog. Which one? You want to go to your room? You don't listen. <laughs> got, got real quiet. Matter. Nope. <laughs> you don't even listen. Um, all right. Question number three. Okay. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done as a kid? And as you know, Anna, don't as say anything that'll get us in, in, incriminated. No, I, I didn't do anything criminal. Let me think. Dumbest thing I ever did as a kid? Um, see, I don't know that. I'm trying to think of what I something dumb like because I guess it's just depending on really what's dumb I don't really think I was dumb as a kid because I was like trying to be the smart kid you know what I mean like, but even though really, us, us smart kids I'm wild saying even us smart kids, kids what would I, we would what do something do? dumb um well for me so I used to be on social media when I was a kid like as it was just kind of developing Damn, I feel old now <laughs> Um, well, well, I mean, just as it was kind of like developing for like folks. So, you're you're like, not helping. You're not helping the situation. I mean, in general, <laughs> I mean, social media, like, you know, like I didn't grow up with Twitter or Instagram or none of that kind of stuff. But there was other types of social media, like Black Planet. You're not too old for Black Planet, are you? No, you no, know no, what no. Black Planet I, is? Yeah, of course. I'm about to be like, no, nah, what I was, would you I was in the Black Planet, MySpace that was the See, thing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, that's yeah. social media. So I'm talking about Black Planet, MySpace, and Detroit. Well, I wasn't a kid. Fresh I was like 20 or something like that. Well, I guess okay. that's considered a kid. I guess that's considered a kid. I'm yeah, like, right. I think that's still a young person. But anyway, so I used to just be talking to people. Like, I just used to be in all type of chat rooms just talking to people. And, oh, no, this is actually dumb. I'm glad I live with this. So what I did is I 
foolishly thought, you know how at this time you got to pay your cell phone bill, text message, it wasn't free, wasn't really no such thing as like data and all of that data plan. That's correct. It was 25 cents for anybody, young people listening. It was 10 cents a message and 25 cents for a multimedia message, which is AKA a picture or a sound or whatever. And, um, so I basically had met this young man on whatever site I was on and he lived in Atlanta and I lived in Detroit. So we thought we were so smart just being on the phone and sneaking and talking, not knowing that. I mean, I guess I kind of knew, but this is the dumb part. The bill going to come to the house and the bills at that time would show you. I mean, I'm sure they show you now, but they could show you all of the, you know, outgoing and incoming messages. Like they actually would show you like the timestamps and the whole thing. I don't even think they do that anymore because people just text so much. But anyway, they my don't, mama got but a, you can look it up. My don't mama got I know a, that. <laughs> my mama got a bill for like seven hundred dollars because uh, I was texting and talking, and it was long distance at that time, which was like even more. Um, so she called me in her room, and my mama. I love Claire Huxtable because my mom kind of reminds me of her. And she comes me in this room and I'm seeing her with these papers. I'm just looking like, okay, like why she got these papers. And I'm seeing like, she like highlighting stuff. I'm like, okay. She like, so who is this number? And I'm like, this is the dumb part. I think if I just delete the number off the phone, it's just, it ain't going, you know, you can't see who you was talking to. Or <laughs> can't see who you was talking to or whatever. So she like, I'm going to just call. So she goes to work. See, here's my mom. She goes to work. She comes back. And you know how you can just basically reverse look up a phone number? Yeah. She didn't find out the boyhood information, his mama information, where his mama worked, the whole nine. My parents called him and like cussed him out, told him don't call the house. And then he was like, didn't do me any favors. I love her. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was on punishment, and then you know, so that was one of the, <laughs> so that was one of the dumb things that was crazy because I honestly thought if you just delete the messages, like how they gonna see them? So is that but when I you felt that your mom was more. Batman? <laughs> no, I kind of knew, but I just thought I was smarter than her. Like yeah, I always felt like I was smarter than, but my mama was always a step ahead. Your so, mom pulled the whole Elliot Stapler. <laughs> we gonna go with like the phone records. I'm like, she like, who is this? Who is that? I'm like, who is who? I don't know. She like, y'all know. It's on your phone. I'm like, that is so. I do not know how somebody stole my phone and gonna talk to people and give it back to me. <laughs> That's crazy. Your mom out here like CSI. I'm gonna she find out who this is. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely was on that. All right. Question number. Four. Okay. Give me your top five favorite celebrities. You got to be a little bit more specific. When you say celebrities, like, can I get a genre or like a, like. Okay. I, I will say black celebrities. That narrows it down a lot. Not really, because I don't really, my world, like, I don't really know. Like I, <laughs> you know, my pop culture. I mean, I do, but it's a lot of very famous people that if I'm not paying attention to you, you might as well not even be famous. Cause I'm like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, so for example, and I would hate for this to go viral and people just start roasting me, but like, 
I know Taylor Swift. Like I'm familiar with some of her songs and things Don't like this. You, you cannot. No, no, no. Put I, I'm just. No, no. Just, just. No, no, no. She's. She's. No, no, no. I'm saying this to say she's definitely not on my list. But I'm saying that. I don't really like. I couldn't name you. No albums, really. I couldn't really name you any of her songs. Like I know that she's famous, but like she just doesn't exist in my orbit. Like unless I'm like, oh, she's trending on Twitter or something. I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you say like narrow down to black celebrities, that's kind of what I'm. <laughs> that's like my world. So um, okay, I'm gonna just make up some people. I'm gonna flip it for you then. Okay, give me your top five. Favorite black movies. There you go. Now that's easy. Okay. No, that's 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 easy. So, well, easy-ish. Um, let me think. So, top five favorite black movies. Hmm. Uh oh. No, I'm just. I have a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't want to say all the hood movies and like be like, oh, like Friday, don't be a menace, like you know the whole like those are great movies. All this, I mean, they are, but I'm sure that once I get off of here, I'm gonna be like, I have five. I just needed time. I I definitely (laughs) rather you say Friday than come on here be like, hey, Roots and all these other crazy. You know what? Honestly, Roots was very educational. I was made to watch. (laughs) It's depressed. It is depressing. I will agree with that. I actually really, one of the, and um, I was just talking about this. One movie that I really enjoyed was Get Out. Um, Great movie. Only because it it was such a movie that I could not have predicted the plot. Like, it's like, I'm a person who, when I watch movies, every scene I'm trying to like, be like, this is why they doing it. That's why they doing it. Like, and I'm that, like, I'm that kind of person. And every scene in that movie, I remember just thinking like, okay, like, where, like, where yeah. is this going? And even when it went to the basement and like the brain transplants and like the whole thing, it was like sci-fi, but like not. Cause it's like black bodies are exploited and, you know, imitated and all these things. I was like, okay, Jordan, what else? So then also, I really enjoyed the concept of us. Uh, I love that us. Put out. I, like I thought us that was better. a really, I actually thought that was really good because I'm a, I notoriously do not like horror movies. I don't like to be scared, like all that. But, and I was thought I was going to be scared. Um, but I, in contrast, I really do like thrillers. And so when I saw that, I was like, what an interesting concept. And I really liked it because even at the end, I still really didn't know what to believe about what happened. And I that like I love movies that make me feel like that. Like I'm like, I've just been inceptioned. Like, you know what I mean? So I I love that. I'm really looking forward to Jordan Peele. He has a movie coming out called Nope. Yep. And I think Kiki Palmer is in that and a few other folks. So um I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm a really big um Jordan Peele fan. Um does Creed to. does Creed count as a black movie of as a course. black director and of actor? Of course. Yes, so, not a question. <laughs> I just didn't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but um, I really enjoy Creed. Um, and it's funny because I actually I watched it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I didn't see it when it first came out. And I just I don't know why, but um I really enjoy movies about like athletes. I used to play volleyball in college. Um, and so I've been an athlete my whole life, and I really enjoy watching professional people because like not that I know what it takes because I've never been a professional but I just can really appreciate when people have 
hard work and dedication to a craft. So when I watch Creed, like even the, even Michael B. Jordan and some of the um, actors and actresses of the movie, just even getting your body ready to be in a movie like that. Like I thought that, and I'm also really looking forward to uh, Tyson that's coming out. The not Jamie Foxx one, even though I want to see the Jamie Foxx one. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking um, forward to both of them. Me too. I, I thoroughly like, I really like Mike Tyson. I'm, I'm like a huge Mike Tyson fan. When I was a oh, kid, yeah? Yeah. my dad used to get all the bootleg fights. Oh, yeah. I, I probably shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. My dad, I don't care. He, he I'm weak. I'm weak. Speaking of bootlegs, see, now this just is opening up my memory banks. Because I we used to get all the Tyler Perry bootleg, like stage plays, you know, when you oh. go get your hair done and stuff like that. You get them at the beauty salon, the barbershop when they used to do DVDs. So, oh, I really like, now Tyler Perry, now... Tyler Perry did some. Did you see Seduction? I think it's called, no, not Seduction. It's called what's called Temptation with Journey Smollett. I, think that's I a did good movie. see that one. You have to see that where it was like she was like married. To, Lance Gross was in it. She was like married to Lance Gross, and then like I guess she wanted some excitement in her life, and like ended up going off the deep end with like nonsense. But like it was really good. It was I thought it was really well done. I, I find Tyler Perry movies very interesting. In what way? <laughs> Not in a bad way. I think some of them, they, they, some of them follow their same tropes and things like that. Yeah. And there's some of them I enjoy, but it's like some of them like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this. I have to be like in the mood though. Like I can't do. Medea's Christmas and Medea's Halloween and all that oh, other yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not my vibe. Yeah, I for me, it's hard for me. Like Medea's still funny as a movie, but the stage plays because they were just so like raw and authentic. Like that, you know. Yeah, and it was them just sense. getting started, and they were trying to be like trying to be funny and developing that humor. I really loved um, Tyler Perry. Um, also. Um, now, I know you're going to hate me for, for when I say this, <clears throat> but I thought Precious was really well done. Like, I thought that that was such a good way to tell a story like that. Like, because pe- like a lot of people really go through stuff like that, like a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's That's like, oh, my God. But I, I was just like, dang, like, this is hard. But again, you know. So anyways, I like I'm just I'm not really a movie person, but I do love those kind of movies I just described. So and also the classics. All the Spike Lee joints, everything yes. that's Friday, anything with Chris Rock, Rush Hour, all the everything, all the all the classics. But I ain't want to name just the classics. No, no, no. It's, I think you gave some great choices. I, I think Precious is one of those movies you can only watch once. Yes, because it'll like, make you sad forever. Yeah, I'm not like I I, I watch I'm, like, like, I'm not watching this again. Yeah, because I'm like now I'm looking at Monique different. And you know when people be acting too good where you don't yeah. even like them after the movie over. <laughs> I'm like Monique, yeah. you had a good run, girl. Yeah, Have a like, seat mm-hmm. while you ruining people's life. Yeah, you, you you played that role a little too good. <laughs> She's like, like, you got your fancy degrees and you think you know every fucking thing. <laughs> what you know? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, she she really she really did well in that. She yeah, really she did. did very well in that. Have you seen the Michelle Obama movie yet with Viola Davis? No, because I was terrified to watch it after I saw that clip. Me too. I was gonna say the same thing. I was like, I'm Whoa. like, now nah, Viola. Now she my girl. I just didn't like how she was doing the lips. That's yeah. all. She's an excellent like, actress. Of oh no no no. Viola is one of the best. Don't, don't Viola is one of the best. Yeah. She yeah, no, no. She's she is one of the best, like objectively. She is not yeah. even of, of actors and actresses, period. Like it's not even she is. to me in a lot of ways, it's not even close. But yeah. she's she's excellent. Yeah, but she's I saw excellent. that clip. I'm like, ugh. 
Don't know if I want to watch this. I was hyped too. I'm like, you could have did your regular lips, Viola. You did not have to do this. Yeah, at all. And <laughs> it's crazy because I, I read Michelle Obama's book. I read Parak's book. So I was really interested like in the it? movie. Yeah. Same, same. That's why I was like, come on, girl. Yeah. Not your uh, lips. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Question number five. Okay. Everybody's favorite question. Uh-oh. Zombie apocalypse happens Walking Dead style. Okay. You can only take five things with you to go out to survive in the world. Anything you want, by the way. Okay. What are you taking with you? Family when you and pets say don't count. Anything I want. Anything you mean you like want. literally anything? Anything. Okay. Now I've actually watched um this show and it's called like what is it called? Um it's basically where doomsday preppers. Okay. okay, yeah, I've seen that show before. So I have learned that I probably need to take a trailer home that includes some type of unit that can clean. Does this count as one thing? Yes, trailer okay. home counts as one thing. Trailer home with, well, I have to tell you what it has so I can tell you why I don't need the other things that people might bring. Okay. So you need something that's going to clean your water. Okay. So if you need, if you cannot get access to water, you need something that's going to be able to clean the water. You're also going to need food because the people, they, on Doomsday Preppers, if you ever get a chance to watch it, they, these actual Doomsday Preppers, <laughs> the show rates how prepared they are, like in, in five categories, like basically like food supply, like security, um, like ability to be mobile, stuff like that. And a lot of the people just are not as prepared as they think they are. They like, you're going to run out of food in two weeks. Like you're still going to die. So I need something that's going to be, you know how they do like urban uh, gardens where like in a, in a parking garage or something like that, where they're yes. constantly doing the food. We don't have to have that in a trailer home, which is why I'm okay. like, I need a food supply, water supply, guns. I need leaf foliage. Now that could be something else because that's not part of the trailer home. Okay. That could be number two. Leaf foliage because we need to camouflage because also where am I going to put the trailer home if I need to be mobile? I need to be able to hide. Guns. Definitely need guns because they said in the zombie apocalypse people start stealing because you know you got the food and don't nobody got food they're going to come yeah. beat you. I'm shooting y'all. So that's what it is. So that's three. Um. So let me see. I'm just trying to go through my doomsday prepper list. Okay. Because I thought about this. That's good. I'm um, glad you thought about this. I, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, you also, oh, you also probably need to have something that has a radio signal just in case there are people that can help you on the frequency. Now, yeah. imagine that this would be attached to the house, but I'm just not going to put everything in the house just in case I have to be mobile again. Okay. Um, and then also, let me think is my last thing. Cause I'm like probably gonna not have electricity, so it's not like you have music, blah blah blah. Well, if you got the trailer, I'm assuming you would have electricity in it. Cause like um, it'd be gas power probably. It would be, but it's just like now we have to have a gas supply. You can only really have so much gas, so it's like I'm not counting on that. I need the trailer to get me away immediately from the zombies, but then I need to be able to leave foliage, guns, food, water. Okay. You know the whole thing. And I just saw a TikTok actually where somebody they take water from like this very dirty river and they can clean it within 30 minutes, like by draining it. But that's another story. So let me think. I got one more thing. What else would I take? I would probably take a book on how to survive a zombie apocalypse. That's a good idea. Yep. Reference manual. I wonder if that book work. 
Well, I would imagine the person who wrote it never lived through a zombie apocalypse, but I feel like if you're thinking about it, you probably have some good ideas. Yeah, probably. I would think so. So. So that's what. <laughs> let's get into, we got a lot of things to talk about, because. Okay. You brought up some interesting topics before, before we even started. You brought up an interesting conversation. So we'll, <laughs> we'll start with that first, so we All don't right. forget it. So, we were talking about podcasting, and I asked, the conversation came about our favorite podcaster. So, let me ask you, to start the conversation back over again. Who is your favorite podcaster? What did you look for in a podcast? Um, Dig on America, obviously, because that's Stop where lying. I contribute. Um, <laughs> Nobody honestly, likes that. I, <laughs> um, I don't know that I really have a favorite podcast, because it just kind of depends on what... I'm a, I'm a listener who... It depends on what I want to hear um, in that moment. And sometimes I'm like looking for new content. Um, so for example, like sometimes I want to hear about um, women and women's issues. Sometimes I want to hear like Supreme Court, like, you know, law stuff. Sometimes I want to hear about celebrity news and culture. Sometimes I want to hear about um, God and religion and spirituality. And, you know, like it's really whatever. But if I had to say like just... Um, in general, I don't know if this could be considered a podcast, but I really like the Breakfast Club just because that's a great um, one. I like the I like the dynamic of the three of them, and I also um, just kind of like the segments. My favorite segment is Dunky today because I, I I don't know I just always like quirky news like that, like hearing silly stuff because people really, and especially being a lawyer, I, I do employment law, so I see people doing crazy stuff all the time at work, which yeah. makes it even crazier. <laughs> Um, but, um, but I would have to say that that's like my favorite one. I really like Charlemagne. I know he's problematic in a lot of ways, but also, but also brilliant in a lot of ways and very entertaining to me. I like Angela Yee. Um, I like DJ Envy. If I had to rank them, probably Charlemagne and it would have been DJ Envy, but I think they like, I just like how they like mesh together. And sometimes podcasts, don't always do that for me where I'm like engaged by all of the people. So I would have to say that. And I know that's like very like, Oh, okay. Everybody listens to the breakfast club, but I actually like would go out of my way to listen to some of their segments where like some people I will only listen to it. If it's like right in front of me. I, I agree with that. I think, um, especially with the Charlemagne part, I think he's very intelligent. He kind of reminds me of the person that we were talking about before this podcast started. Joe <laughs> really? Button. You yeah, think they, they have, in the same boat? I think they got qualities, but I don't think they the I, same. I, like, I, I would put that, Charlemagne a look like actually a few rungs above. Actually, a lot of rungs above Joe Budden. Not that Joe Budden is bad, but like I just think as a as a somebody I'm gonna listen to, I put Charlemagne above Joe Budden. I think Charlemagne has the ability, and he's grown the ability from him being on radio for years and years now to listen, communicate. And understand. I think that's one of the most important things I about agree. podcasting. Sometimes you don't have to just yell to get your point across. I think Joe Button does for effect, and that kind of to, to his detriment at, po- at some points in time. Plus, Charlemagne doesn't come off as arrogant as Joe Button does. I agree, but also I think part of that is Charlemagne. Not that he's always done this, but he will take accountability for saying and doing certain things when he yes. get called out on it. And I think that's a big part of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. And sometimes people say the wrong stuff or just out of ignorance or whatever. But like, when you become aware, now you know better. And I can appreciate when somebody is like, yo, y'all was roasting me. I'm so sorry. I didn't know this is what I thought. And this is why it's wrong and whatever. Like, you know, like, 
So I, so I appreciate that about Charlemagne. Now, Joe Budden be yelling. And the thing is, is I already got my headphones up. Okay. Yeah. So now you blowing out my eardrum with your shenanigans. Um, and then people start talking over each other and yelling. And, and I mean, you know, that's natural conversation. Like people get excited, but like, I agree. I think that Charlemagne is a really excellent communicator in a, in ways that, um, certain other podcasters are not necessarily. So, um, but I also listen to his podcast, Brilliant Idiots, every now too. and again. Oh, I think I think it's hilarious. Now they be saying crazier stuff on, on Brilliant Idiots. Yeah, and I'm like, do. y'all crazy. <laughs> y'all are crazy. I, I feel like listening to his podcast in particular has made me a better podcaster. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I don't say that often, but yeah, just listening to him and learning how he interviews people and how he talks and listens to the person's opinion is, is very thoughtful about that. I think that's a very important aspect to have. Like when I started this podcast, one of my inspirations was uh, Montel Williams. I love Montel. Montel Williams. Talk about from the TV show? Yeah, Montel Williams and Arsenio Hall were my two inspirations when I did this. What? Yeah, because I, I, I love those talk shows. I, as, as a kid, I used to love like seeing black faces on talk shows. And like mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall was dope. When I, mm-hmm. I remember like watching our senior hall show, like, yo, this is pretty cool. And then they tried to do it again with like the vibe talk show and things like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I mm-hmm. like that little wave of like talk shows they had. I always found it interesting. And I like the fact that people like Arsenio Hall always had a variety of people on there. They weren't just the same people. Like you weren't just gonna have, okay, here's Scarlett Johansson, here's Chris Evans, here's these A-list celebrities. No, Arsenio had everybody on there. And he had conversations mm-hmm. that made sense. And Montel Williams was the same way. He always had these different wide varieties of guests on there that you wouldn't expect and have conversations with. So I kind of model myself a little bit after that. I always appreciated that. I like Montel. He, he is really great. And I just always felt like as a black man on TV, like, you know, on TV, a lot of times they like, you got to be the right black man. Like you got to be non-threatening looking, but people still want to listen to you yeah. and look at you and give off black cool guy vibes. Like, so... I don't know. I, I always felt that he was authentic in that. Like some people, you know, try to be that, but they're not necessarily that. So they try to, you know, fit into that so they can do that job. Yeah. But I think that Montel was um, excellent at that. Excellent. And and very authentic about how he, his interview style and everything. I agree. And I'll try to be that. Well, that's good. You're doing a good job. Thank you. So what got you in the podcast? What made, cause you're an attorney. Attorneys make big money. Attorneys are doing all the awesome things. And what made you say, I want to do podcasting? Because if you haven't noticed this, us podcasters are broke. <laughs> so it's funny because I didn't really, like, people would be like, oh, you should. Because first of all, I talk a lot, but I was going to do that anyway, right? And I just okay. talk a lot to my friends and my family, and I talk about things that I'm interested in, and I'm interested in a lot of things. Um, so actually, how I even got started with this was because there was a Twitter Spaces um, on around the Mark, um, or excuse me, Brian Flores case against the NFL about race discrimination. And I really don't go in Twitter spaces, but like I mentioned, I do employment law. So, um, and for a while I did um, employment, or excuse me, employee side, which is plaintiff side uh, litigation. So I represented employees against employers. So I did like race discrimination, age discrimination, sexual harassment, whistleblowers, um, FMLA, stuff like that. But now I represent employers against employees. But a lot of what I do is advice and counseling, which is like trying to be preventative and 
so we don't get sued, but also so y'all treating people fairly. Like people want to go to work and whatever. But anyway, so said all that to say when the Brian Flores case came up, I was really fascinated by that because I love sports, but here's also race discrimination in sports. Now I know that there's likely, an, or I, we know now for sure, but at the time I knew that there was likely an arbitration agreement, which basically means that it's, everything is going to be ham, handled in private proceedings. Um, but somebody like me, the kind of lawyer I am is that I like to hear what non-lawyers think about things because to me, it doesn't matter what the lawyer knows. What really matters is what regular folks and not regular in the sense of like, oh, I'm better, but like non-lawyers who are not educated and have this specialized training, what are common people thinking about how this is playing out? So I get into Twitter spaces and I'm just listening to people talk about like, oh, well, he, he's not racist and maybe he is racist and they can't prove this and beyond a reasonable doubt. And, you know, like people talking about employment law, but me having the knowledge about what it actually is like, and I'm not a person who just going to be like smarty pants the room, like, actually, this is what, you know what I mean? So I just listened to it for a while and, um, my podcast uh co-host on dig on america they were the ones hosting the twitter space and so i noticed that a lot of football fans they felt um it was very emotionally charged like they're like no he's not racist and he did this and he he does black lives matter and he was at the march and he wore the t-shirt and you know the whole thing yeah so um but at the near the end of it kind of i was hearing so much wrongness <laughs> i don't even know how to say it like that but i was hearing so like i was like um i have to say something but i'm i don't want to give an opinion i just want to tell people how this is going to be analyzed so that people can come to their own decision about how it should be but i just at least want people to have the knowledge about how this is going to play out um so i at kind of near the end of the hosting of the twitter spaces I raise my hand, get I get on stage and I'm like, okay, here's the thing. This likely falls under Title VII as a race discrimination action or depending on whatever state it is, it's going to fall under that state law. There's going to be a prima facie burden, which means he's going to have to show that he's part of a protected class, that he was... Um, it suffered an adverse action and that there's an inference of discrimination, adverse action being termination, failure to hire, failure to promote, loss of money, stuff like that. If he can show all those things, then the burden is going to shift back to the NFL to show that we had legitimate reasons that are non-discriminatory for taking the actions that we took. And if they can show that, then the burden shifts back to him to be like, y'all motherfucking lie. Like, AKA pretext, that's what it's called. Like basically okay. their reason that they're putting forth is a lie. So I'm like, here, that's how it's gonna be analyzed. So I'm not saying that anybody is racist. I don't know if they're racist. I'm just telling you it's, and the burden is, is it more likely than not? Not beyond a reasonable doubt, cause that's only criminal. So now that I'm giving people this information, the discussion kind of changed a little bit. And people were actually starting to talk about it because they had they now have the information, you know what I mean? And I was really proud about that because as a lawyer, I really try to make law as accessible and understandable as possible because most people don't know it. Like it's very complex. It's a language and you spend a long time trying to learn it and a longer time and practicing it. Um, so after we had that discussion, Jason and Mikey, who do dig on America, had reached out to me like, yo, that was great. We want you on our show. We need a legal analyst, blah, blah, blah. I'm a person who rarely says no to stuff. Um, you know, so I was like, you know, people have been trying to get me to get into podcasting and YouTube. And it's like, I want to, but um, it's kind of a lot of work. But yes. they said to me, 
we'll give you the ring light. We'll give you the mic. We'll basically give you everything you need. All we kind of need you to do is show up. Now, when somebody's going to do that for me, that's awesome. I don't have, you know what I'm saying? I can't say no to that opportunity because it is something that I actually was interested in, but was putting off because of how much work goes into it. But like, if somebody's going to take that burden off of my plate, um, then I don't have like, you know what I mean? There's no reason why I shouldn't, especially if someone is asking me and thinking highly enough of me to think that my opinion matters and that I would be a valuable contributor. Um, so that's really how I got into it. And even how I got on here was because Jason was like, yo, you should hit up my boy Delvin. Um, like you should get on his show. Like he's great. I'm like, okay. Like, cause that's usually how I am. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like what <laughs> I'm, I would talk to strangers on the streets, like walk outside of my house and talk to some, anybody off the street and have a very full conversation. So like, um, so I, you know, it just kind of, I just kind of fell into it. I really wasn't looking for it, but I'm really glad that it came to me. So that's awesome. Let me, let me ask yeah. you a question. Cause you brought up something really interesting. It's a simple question. I'm a dumb man, but I think a lot of people want to no. know this. Why is law so complex in terms of how normal people when you when you bring up a lot of people they're like I don't know if we want to talk about that because it seems so difficult like the, and things that's like for example the conversation uh, you guys had a conversation a couple weeks ago about the second amendment oh yeah oh you watched that yeah I I, I listened to the shows all the okay, shows yeah. shout out. so it's like Thank so you. and you did an eloquent job of explaining those type of things and I it's always been like when you go to look for the, the definition of law and things like that, it always comes off like complex and a little bit, little bit antiquated. So why do you think, is there a specific reason why it's like that? Um, yes and no. So sometimes, so Congress sets laws and usually like state Congresses will set state laws. Um, so, but if you think about, if you just think about writing a rule for somebody, right? Like, let's just say, you want to make it, or actually, let me just make it even more basic. Like if I ask you, what is a sandwich? Like, how would you describe a sandwich to me? And this is real. Like this, like, let's just, just indulge me on this. How would you describe a sandwich? Two slices of bread with something in the middle of it. Okay. Doesn't necessarily have to be meat, but something in the middle of it. Like some people like poor people. <laughs> mayo sandwich or peanut butter jelly sandwich so i'm like that ain't poor people who eats a mayo sandwich now you, you really broke me eating a mayo sandwich and now i'm offended you're eating a mayo sandwich why are you eating a mayo sandwich? i'm not above it why are you eating a mayo sandwich what you might you never know calories no you never know i i don't listen else. <laughs> listen okay um you, but you so have worked a, too hard in your life to be so, mayo sandwiches <laughs> so let me ask you this question is a sub is a sub a sandwich i would consider a sub a sandwich but you said two pieces of bread yeah um sub so bread is considered anything, bread I think. you said anything in between it so if if someone uses a croissant to make a sandwich is a croissant bread yeah, I'll consider croissant a bread. Okay, what kind of starch would you consider not a bread? Huh. Interesting question. Hot dog like, bun is a probably. hot dog bun. Is oh, <laughs> so is a hot dog a sandwich? Because you said a bread no, with something I, in between it. I would say a hot dog is not a sandwich because the buns are usually connected together. But you can separate weird, them. Yeah, but they come connected. So I'm like that's. I don't think that's a sandwich. It's a little different. I have, How is it I have different? Because the definition that you gave me of a sandwich is 
two pieces of bread with something separate. in between it. So even yeah. if I have two separate pieces of hot dog buns with a hot dog in between it, how is that not a sandwich? See, this is what happened. I have a lawyer on the show. So no, no. <laughs> and the, so, no, the, so, right. so the exercise, right, just basically describes how difficult it is to write a law to target what you're trying to target. So for example, if I'm trying to write a law that says that all, I want to prevent all car, like I want to make sure that every motor vehicle has a seatbelt. Now we're talking about what if I have a bike with a motor on it? Is that a motor vehicle? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're like, when you're a lawmaker, you're having to think about literally every possible thing that could fall within the purview of this. And then you also have to try to figure out what things are we not talking about? So what, so that's the first list is like, what are we talking about? And then what are we not talking about? So laws are really long because the very first part of a law is definitions. Almost every law, the very first part is definitions. What is an employee? Is an independent contractor an employee? And if you come here on the weekends, are you an employee? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. So the first part is definitions. And then it's what acts are we trying to encourage or prohibit? So let's just say if I'm like, well, I want to make sure that we don't have any strip clubs by any schools, right? What is a school? Is a school something like, like, and I mean, there are definitions of these other things. So laws build off of other laws. So there are definitions of schools, but let's just say like, it's not necessarily, let's just say it's something, a learning facility that's connected to a church. Could that be considered a school since it's an educational institution? Like, you know what I mean? So I think that trying to define what you mean and then have that law, whatever your definition is, apply to whatever it is that you're trying to encourage or prohibit. That's what makes law difficult. And then on top of that, like after you even get that out, a lot of times you just can't think of everything. So then you get people that come to court and be like, well, I read it and they said two pieces of bread and something in between it is a sandwich. And then somebody on the other side, like, why would you say that about a hot dog? Because it's connected. And those are both very legitimate points of view. And then you have to have the court be like, well, let's look at all the history of sandwiches and see what we've already said about this. And now we're going to decide right now, yes or no, a hot dog is a sandwich. And that's how laws go. Like you look at precedent, which is case law. And it just takes a lot of time and energy and effort to really answer a very, what should be a simple question. Because it's like, if you have a soft shell taco, and you split it in half, is that a sandwich? Like, so for example, subs are sandwiches, hot dogs are sandwiches, tacos are not sandwiches, but it could be something else. You know what I mean? Like, so so to answer, like in short, that's the reason why law is so complex is because one, it's hard to get everybody to know exactly who or what you're talking about. Two, it's hard to target that specifically to encourage or prohibit the behavior. And three, undoubtedly there's always going to be somebody that falls within squarely within whatever we talking about, but we didn't address that in what we wrote. So now we got to figure that out. And then people going to fall wherever they may on whatever side of the argument they agree or disagree on. That was an Does that make answer. sense? That made perfect okay. sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm like, people know sandwiches, you know what I mean? But that's what I'm talking about. Like, so for me as a lawyer, I, it's to me, it's my job to make that type of stuff make sense for people because we all got to live with these laws. You know what I mean? Like, and people should know how they work. Well, let me ask the question. I think I don't want to get, well, we're fucking, we're getting political anyway. So it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Why do we have situations where let's bring it, bring it down to this. The thing with abortions, mm-hmm. 
it keeps going to trial over and over again for, for decades at this point. You must have missed the abortion show. I, I, I listen. <laughs> I listen, but I want to. I want to listen to that one, but I want to bring it a little bit to my yeah, yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah for in sure. terms of how this this has been a, a decades long situation. We had Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. that that was supposed to be the last of it, but it keeps getting amended and it keeps getting brought to court. And people keep. Why is that allowed to happen? Like what? It, it feel like once we've come to a conclusion on something that, and set that precedent. That should be the law of the land, you would think, but... So it is, but going back to my sandwich example, that's kind of how it plays out. So um, I can't... The case law is escaping me. Um, I can't remember the exact very first case, but there, the first case on abortion before Roe versus Wade um, basically decided the just the plain issue of abortion. Can or people... Can or cannot we do this? Um, so that goes up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says, yes, you can do this because you have a right to do this, a right to privacy, to bodily autonomy, and you can do this. But we're going to put some restrictions in. So if the first three months, you can do whatever. Kill the baby, whatever you're going to do. Second three months, you know, depends on if the fetus is viable. Um, and it depends on, you know, certain other um, considerations, but you are likely going to be able to still get an abortion. Third trimester, the baby's basically, you know, just a, a breath away from being alive potentially, and it could likely survive outside the womb, even if it's not fully developed. So we don't think you should be able to get an abortion at the last trimester, right? So that's the first, that's like the first decision. And it's like, okay, yay, abortion. But then states start, that don't want abortion start getting wise. And again, remember I said the laws can't think of everything that everybody's going to do. So what they start doing is being like, well, you need your husband's permission to get an abortion, or you need to go to a facility that has doors that's wide enough to fit hospital gurneys in just in case somebody passes out. Or you, they start putting in procedural restrictions that really don't have anything to do with the port abortion, but target abortion clinics. So now that discrete issue is what's going up to the Supreme Court because yes, the Supreme Court has already said you can have abortions, but they did not say you can't restrict abortion with these other rules and procedures that we put on it. Like, so for example, there was one uh, particular procedure where women had to be informed of the, basically you could ruin your life if you lose the baby and you could regret it and all this stuff. Like that used to be mandatory literature um, in some states. So the question now becomes, well, and, and with the part, and just let me go back, with the purpose of trying to prevent abortion in a way that's not actually outlawing abortion because that's already been decided. So we're going to say, you don't got your husband paperwork, you can't get it. You don't, you didn't take the little three-day class before did the abortion, you can't get it. This uh, healthcare provider doesn't have the proper building code, y'all can't do abortions here. So now they're shutting down abortions in a way that's not directly targeting abortions. So now somebody is going to sue and be like, actually Roe versus Ways, <laughs> um, the uh, the lady who was uh, Jane Roe, she sued and obviously the case went on and she had to end up, ended up having to have the baby anyways. But um, some very savvy attorneys represented her and was like, can they do this? Can they make these type of restrictions to target abortion, but not directly identify abortion as the target? And so Roe versus Wade was like, you cannot target it in this way. Like, cause we didn't know y'all was going to try to come up with a workaround, but y'all came up with a workaround. So I can't believe we have to say this, but y'all can't do that. So in the most, the more recent case, the, I think it's Jacksonville women's health versus Dobbs, which is going to come down from the Supreme court any day. And that's the opinion that leaked 
um, they basically go a step further. And again, it's just like a different type of issue. So that's really why it seems like they keep bringing up the same issue. But every time the Supreme Court says something, the state that doesn't want abortion be like, well, y'all didn't say this. So this is what we're going to say. So there can only be one abortion clinic for every 100 miles. They didn't say we couldn't have them. They just said, we're saying, though, it's only going to be one of them for 100 miles. So if you want one, drive 100 miles. Now, we know what that means, but the Supreme Court didn't say that. So now we have to ask the Supreme Court, can they do this? And then the Supreme Court has to tell us. And what the problem is, is sometimes is that when the Supreme Court reconsiders certain issues, they have the ability and authority to overturn previous precedent. So that's kind of what, if the draft opinion is going to be, what the official opinion is going to be like, that's what the issue is now is that you can, they can't on their own just decide it. But if somebody brings the issue to them and they decide to hear it, depending on the makeup of the court, they can change the application of the law. So that's what's happening. So it, essentially it feels like the Supreme Court is the, the, the father or the mother in the state courts are the kids trying to figure out what they can get away with or what they can't get away with. Kind of, but not really. So in a, in a way, um, and it's not like, and most people think that, so that's like, that's not, that's not like, I can understand why you would think that. So there's something called federalism, which just means there's a federal system of law. And then there's a state system of law. The constitution directly identifies each and every law well, not the constitution, but amendments to the constitution directly identifies what all laws that the feds are going to control. And anything that's not specifically enumerated as going to the feds are powers that are going to go to the states. So for example, there's no federal traffic law system. So because we don't have any federal rules for traffic, every traffic law is left up to the state. So that's why it's a state situation. But if we have like RICO charges, the government has already said, the federal government has already said, we going to do RICO. Now, y'all can have RICO too, but we definitely going to do that. And the, if the state decides to have a companion law, it cannot be less restrictive than what the federal standard is. So if there's a federal law, it has to be followed by the states. But if the federal, if there's no federal laws, then the state gets to really kind of do whatever it wants. That's an interesting thing to say the least. Yeah. So you're a citizen of the federal government, but you're also a citizen of the state. So, you know, there's all type of powers that are not enumerated for um, the gov- the federal government specifically. So it, anything else just automatically falls to the state, like abortion. Like there is no federal, you know, I mean, the federal mandate being the precedent of y'all got to let people have it, but you can't be any less restrictive than that. So now if the, if the Supreme Court opinion comes out, they're basically saying there is no right to an abortion. So if a state says ain't no right to an abortion because they said it, they can do that. But a state can always go above that and say, we think that there is a right to an abortion and that's going to be the state's decision. Okay. Let, let me ask you this because you work in, um, I forget how you say it now. Employment, employment law. Employment law. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how does state and federal regulations affect your job like um so i um so there's a lot of federal laws like the family medical leave act is a federal law title 7 which is basically discrimination retaliation is a federal law but um remember i said sometimes states can have companion laws a lot of times yeah. um the states that i practice in they 
have laws that go above what the federal is. Remember, the federal has to be the minimum. If there, if the federal government speaks about it, that's the minimum. You can't have any less protections than that. But for example, um, let's just say a Title VII doesn't necessarily entitle, and Title VII being discrimination again, I usually use the terms, but I'm just gonna try to keep it simple there's not necessarily a right to punitive damages and punitive damages are basically if if we give you an award we the jury might want to punish this defendant for wrongdoing so we like yeah you really owe him 50,000 but we going to give you $100,000 cuz that was just really wrong and you did that on purpose and you you shouldn't have done that so the federal law doesn't necessarily allow for that but the state can be like okay we'll see you we'll raise you one and we just going to throw it on there that if you do this bad act of discrimination we don't like it so much that we're going to have a multiplier that might apply and we just going to enhance your award times 3 so they can do stuff like that so that's how it kind of comes up for me is that when i was a, a plaintiff attorney which is representing employees against employers I'm always looking at the state law to be like, okay, this is how I can get you the most money because the state law is going to go a hair farther than the federal law. The federal laws help too, because you can recover, but the state law is really going to get you the, the bigger money because a jury might feel bad for you, or they might feel sad for you, or they might hate the other guy, the company and give you all this money. Um, on the side I'm on now where I represent employers, I have to advise them, do y'all really want to be discriminating? Because if we go to court, and they, you know, have a state law claim and they try to, and the jury be like, this was really bad. Now we were out of pocket a hundred thousand. Now we out of pocket 300,000. And I'm giving them that analysis so they can determine what, how they want to move after that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. L- let me ask you this. And I think this is something I think is very important to the black community. So I think I thought it'd be important to bring it up now. How important it is for us, black people, mm-hmm. to know the law, know their rights, and just have an ancillary knowledge of the legal system? I think I'm biased, <clears throat> to say the least. Um, I think it's very important in general. But, um, and I assume when you say laws, you or do you mean criminal or you just mean like in general? In general, like, because there's certain things, there's certain rights that we don't know, certain things, like whether it comes to yeah. grants and scholarships yeah. that that are out there for us that we, we can be getting and taking advantage of that we don't yeah. because we don't know about it. Yeah. So I think it's very important. So um, how I always like to describe it is, for me, laws are all around you. Everything that you do, everything that you have, everything, there is a law around it. Like there is a law on how much bugs can be in your food before they can sell it. How much um, can you can you buy raw materials to make your microphone from this country? Um, what about, you know, the rims of your glasses? Like what about the stuff that goes in your earbuds? Like all those things have laws around it. The music you listen to, like that has law around it. So like every single little thing has laws around it, but there's things that are kind of can be general laws. Um, and so I think that whatever it is, knowing the law, the law, how I describe law school when I graduated is like laws are basically just a bunch of rules to follow. But if you don't know the rules, then you really can't play the game all the way because you don't know the rules. So if you, you might mess up and not know that you messed up, but you didn't know the rules. And so that to me is law. So it's saying it like that, I think it's really important. Um, and not that everybody got to be Encyclopedia Brown and just know everything, but, um, 
you know, I think it's helpful. And, and somebody like me tries to make law accessible and explainable and understandable so that folks can know. Cause like black folks should know, you know what I mean? Like you should know about <clears throat> what your rights are. If you are stopped, you should know that you have a right to counsel. Maybe that you shouldn't say anything. You should understand what those laws are because we get jammed up all the time. So, you know, I, I think it's really important. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause and I, I mentioned that because it, I know, it wasn't even that, even that long ago, like maybe a couple of years ago now at this point, voting rights for felons got restored here. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. In, in Florida. Oh, actually, I did hear about that. And a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't understand how that works. Mm-hmm. And that's a hindrance to them. And I, you know, and I think that's, it's very important that we follow up on these type of things and we know, cause it's, it's crazy that you have certain people who got locked up for like weed charges and because of that they can't vote on the election. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. And I, I always never liked that, that aspect of our country where how like, okay, we're the land of the free and stuff like that. But if you do certain things, you're not really free. Like <laughs> if you were looking like, eh, you yeah. get locked up. Yeah. You can't, you can't get certain jobs. You can't vote yeah. in our elections. So you can't decide who's the president or who's, who yeah. does anything? I, I, I always find it, but that's on purpose. I mean, but yeah, that's on, that, but the system is specifically designed that way. Like even the history of the Constitution, a man, even by the original Constitution definition, wasn't even just a white man. It was a white man that owned property. Like you had to be a property owner to be able to participate in the system. Then it was expanded to include non-property owners. But when you're talking about property, <clears throat> if you're in the South. And, the, and during this time, maybe property is slaves. You know what I'm saying? So so now that's how you are able to exert your influence over who's going to be in charge of this whole thing and continue on with your agenda. Um, so then, you know, Voting Rights Act, women get voting or um, uh, black people get voting rights, women get voting rights. I think it's women, then black people got in that, or, in that particular order. But then it starts opening up to everybody. But at the same time, if you're dedicated to maintaining your system of patriarchy and white supremacy if we know we're gonna lock all the black people up why don't we just take away the right to vote that way they don't even get a say so that way we can again like i said with the abortion and with the sandwich we can limit you without directly limiting you like we're not saying you know you don't matter we're just saying if you break the rules we don't care how you broke the rules or whether it's really true that you broke the rules if you if they say you broke the rules you did that and now you can't participate in our system how do we, as black people, combat that? I think, like, you know, a lot of times we get kind of set up shit's creek, for lack of better words, mm-hmm. because we don't know the laws, we don't know how the system works, and we kind of just fall for the trap and our lives get messed up for something we may or may not even done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one under, understanding like understanding just basic laws, certain basic laws. And for black people in particular, there's, it's always difficult because you're under the constant surveillance or maybe the constant anxiety of police presence in general. So like there's all already an uneasiness with police in the community. So I think that like, that's the first thing. So when in a police and even me, like I'm a lawyer, but if a police officer pull me over or get behind me or, you know, whatever, I'm going to be scared. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, I'm a lawyer, but like, I'm not the one with the gun and the handcuffs, like, you know what I mean? So, and are y'all going to listen to me and are y'all going to believe what I have to say and all those things? Like, so 
you know, for this all to work, there has to be some basic level of human decency. And sometimes, unfortunately, law enforcement doesn't always behave in that way such that, you know, it, it, bec- it becomes sometimes fatal, sometimes injuries, whatever. So I think sometimes it's difficult to be like, well, if we just educate, like it's, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't want to say that we can educate ourselves out of that because at the end of the day, we live in an oppressive system that in a lot of ways was probably designed to have us fail anyway. So I can't say that. But what I can say is that I think the more people know, the better, the more people talk to folks, the better. Sometimes people who go to prison and become incarcerated, things like that, or even criminals, like people don't want to talk to criminals, but don't nobody know the laws better than a criminal. Like for real, like (laughs) gun charges, drug charges. Like if you even thinking about getting, they can tell you, you ain't going to get no time for that. All you got to do is say this, here's the lawyer. You might not even, you might have to pay X amount if you want to go, like, you know what I mean? And having those discussions with folks who experience the criminal justice system or even just the legal system from whatever way, um, not just the lawyers. Cause like, you know, we are on the law, but we're not on the ground. You talking to people who are prisoners. I can tell you what the law supposed to be. They going to tell me what it is. Like, you know what I mean? So having discussions with everybody and having the open and communal knowledge to be able to make sure that everybody gets to participate within us. And then I think that once we can at least open ourselves to have those kind of discussions, and not saying that we don't, but um, once we start having those more open discussions and including everybody that suffers or participates, um, I think that we'll find that there's a lot of overlap in knowledge that maybe we just missed because we weren't talking to each other. I like it. Final question. Okay. If there's one piece of advice you could give Black people about the law, what would that be? Anything you want to, by the way. Um, just about the law. Something that we can use in our daily lives. Something that would probably save a life. Because, you know, there's certain things we don't know. And sometimes something go way left and we don't know our rights. And Okay. Yeah. So I got, so I guess my advice would be if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're jammed up or you think you're about to be jammed up, call a lawyer. Um, Cause a lot of times people do like for plaintiff side or even criminal defense, a lot of lawyers do free consultations where at the very least they can tell you how the process is going to go. They might not be able to tell you what's going to happen with your specific situation and how it's going to play out fully. But I think sometimes when you're in a situation, there's some comfort and knowledge and just talking to somebody and somebody being like, hey, like, you know, they can tell you like, no, you don't have anything to worry about from my professional, in my professional opinion, or maybe you should be worried and maybe you should talk to somebody else. So I think that be, and now I know like the biggest thing, the biggest barrier to that though, is the fact that legal services are so expensive. And I know that, and I even learned in law school that, um, most lawyers can't afford other lawyers because that's how expensive the services are. Like they really just are that expensive. Um, but I would just encourage folks to, if you can, if you get in a situation, try to find somebody that has a free consultation. And another thing is if you get a lawyer, lawyers are like doctors. You can always have a second opinion. They call it a practice because every day there could be a day where I could be doing this for however many years. And I could get a case on my desk that I've never seen before. And it's a case that actually nobody's ever seen before. Now I've got to go up to the Supreme court so they can figure out what we're going to do. So if you, you know, don't necessarily like a lawyer, that person is not the end all be all. You can just call somebody else and maybe get two opinions. And sometimes having that type of knowledge, um, 
really might be helpful in, in guiding whatever your ultimate decision is. Excellent answer. You've been great. Thank you. I would love to have you back on. You're welcome back on anytime. Let them know well, where to find you at. Um, so I am on Twitter, Instagram. There goes Anna. Um, it's spelled like a sound. But I'm also on TikTok because I recently started sewing. And they have somebody on there called There Goes Anna. So now I'm just There Go Anna on TikTok. <laughs> okay, so the person on TikTok, you got to give up your name. You know what? I was just like, not you in my brain. Like, how did you <laughs> here before me? Because I, I went through so many usernames. I was like, oh, this is going to kill him. And then somebody already had it. I was like, not me being killed. Jesus, can I just have it? Um, so, yeah. So, that's where I am. There go Anna. There goes Anna. Um, I usually try to spell it out in my profile. So, you should be able to find me either way. I like it. Thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you want to hear Tony Anna on other things, Definitely check out Dig on America. She's excellent on that show. Ignore Jason Dutch. Everybody else on the show is great. So, but definitely check out on Dig this on America. Cool. Yeah. Nah, not check us out. Credit. Check us out. Great show. Excellent show. I listen to it every week. I think it's every week. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. We have such interesting conversations. And I, like I said, I was going to talk to somebody anyway. So I'm glad it's them. <laughs> yeah. I like, they're, they're a great group of guys. I like them. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And as always, Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you like more content, go on patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. There, there is more exclusive podcasts, including I'm the Podcaster, He's the DJ. That is the hip-hop podcast I do with Mr. Tim Hines, as well as the Boomcocks which is a Boondocks Review show I do with my son, Delvin Jr. With that being said, I want to give a special shout-out to Patreon producers, Shirley Walker, Ghost Rider UK, and Mikey Famine. Thank you. God bless. <laughs>